0: The funny thing about psychoproctology... (laughs) If I have to tell you what's funny about psychoproctology, we're in trouble. This is my conversation with Jeremy Sherman, PhD. What if the truth came in a gel cap and we could just pop it in our mouths and forget about it? Well, it doesn't, and we can, not but we can laugh in the face of reality while plotting our survival. Welcome to the Truth Tastes Funny Podcast. I am your host, Burr Shreplund. And if my guests can handle the truth, so can you. Open wide, folks. Here it comes. My guest today is Jeremy Sherman, Ph.D. Uh, He could be described as a cradle-to-grave science researcher, Uh, Writer studying the unbroken chain of the origins of of life. Uh, But that's not why I have Jeremy on Truth Tastes Funny today. He's also the author of the Columbia University Press book, Neither Ghost Nor Machine, The Emergence of Nature of Selves. That's not why I have Jeremy on the show today. Um, He's also authored a thousand articles um, with nine million readers for Psychology Today. But even that is really not why I have Jeremy on the show. Um, his latest book is called What's Up With Assholes? How to Spot and Stop Them Without Becoming One. That's a good reason. That's a good place to start. Jeremy, welcome to the show.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. And now I'm up to 10 million views. Um, wow. Uh, yes, yeah, so I only have another uh, um, uh, seven, nearly 7 uh, uh, billion people. To, to convert to my way of thinking, and then i'll yes. have uh my mission will be
0: accomplished well, if you can do that ten million at a time you know, <laughs> yes that's, that's how right. i feel <laughs> if i can if I can change the life of just ten million people, then I will have done something that's uh, true because
1: uh, very few of us uh have that much in uh, uh we meet that quota though that's in a true. way we all do because we all end up influencing us, each other directly and indirectly. Um, right. Yeah, can't help but change right. people.
0: <laughs> well, I'm really glad to have you on, and and it and it, it certainly resonated with me the uh, that that last book title did, as did uh, the fact that you've written articles about uh, total jer- jerks and um, jerks and assholes is is enough to fill any podcast. It's true. Timely um, topic. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. It's amazing. That there are there are almost as many assholes in the world as there are people, but exactly. uh, but you know <laughs> d- but uh, let's let's start there. Let's start with that, and we can we can go all over the place. But let's start with uh, with with that title in the context of what it is that you study. Is that is that yes, connected? No, that's a, Those yeah, two?
1: very oh. connected. All my work is connected, which uh, which makes it a little complicated because I'm always seeing these connections. So. Um, uh, for the last, I'd say, 20 years, I've been playing with a koan. What is a butthead since it can't just be whoever I happen to butt heads with? That is, everybody's got their subjective definition of a, of an asshole. Um, but I was thinking that only leads to asshole on asshole battle, to people uh, sure. accusing each other of being assholes. Um, so I got interested in... Um, Uh, a more objective, I don't think you can be absolutely objective about it, but a more objective approach to defining this category that is one of the most popular terms in what we call folk psychology, that is everyday psychology, how people talk about psychology, and yet doesn't really have a name in clinical psychology. It's a diagnostic category. It seems to me broader than narcissist and psychopath, or what we call these days a dark triad personality. Um, and I wanted to try to understand what it is that is going on with assholes, um, right. and also uh, um, how how do you stop them? That is, how do you disappoint them? Because my sense is that if we don't figure out ways to humbly humble people who will say or do anything to avoid humility, um, we will go extinct. That is, I think it's a bigger. I think it's an even bigger problem. I been a whole decade working on climate change uh, and nuclear issues. I think it's a bigger issue. Um, it's a it's a wetware problem. Humans are humans have this tendency to become assholes or what I consider to be the plural for asshole, which is cult. Um, and and if we don't figure out better ways to antidote and inoculate against that tendency, uh, we're in a lot of trouble. The the major havoc is caused by people who, who become assholes. Well, with a whole lot of power. So how to how to stop that, how to diagnose it, how to treat it, and how to prevent it. And yeah. believe it or not, it relates to humor. Because the one, <laughs> because the one yeah. thing these guys aren't is, uh, these people aren't, assholes aren't, is ironic. Yeah. They are hypocritical. It's interesting how close hypocrisy is to irony. With both, you're talking out both sides of your mouth. But there's a radical difference between them. So, yes, they're they're pathological hypocrites, but they're not ironic. And so so it actually does relate to humor. And humor is, I think, one of the ways to antidote it.
0: And it's interesting that humor helps us deal with assholes, but it has no effect on them for the reasons you describe. In other words, they don't get the joke. So... The, it doesn't, it doesn't help. It only maybe makes them angrier, maybe makes them even more petty. Um, you, you mentioned climate and, and, uh, and nuclear issues. And I think that to a great extent, assholes are responsible for the problems being as dire as they are in those areas, because that's in large part, you know, you could say money and other things, but um, but in large part, I think assholeness is uh, is stands in the way of progress on the climate progress yeah. on nuclear peacekeeping. Um, you know, t- tell me a little bit about about the psycho- about diagnosing an asshole because you know you can get cut off in traffic and make the judgment that somebody's an asshole, but you really don't know. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So um, uh,
1: this is related to my origins of life work. So I work among scientists on the physical origins of selves and trying. That wall behind you isn't trying to do anything. Um, uh, Your computer isn't trying to do anything. But organisms, all organisms try. And um, so uh, trying takes energy, but the problem with energy is that it generally degenerates things. A windstorm isn't gonna organize your papers. So one of the fundamental things that all organisms have to do is they have to take in the right energy and not the wrong energy. The energy they can use to regenerate themselves, not just reproduce. We have to regenerate ourselves. Today, uh, I have a slouchy day planned for me, but I'm still going to generate 330 billion new cells today. And I'm going to do this without thinking or feeling. I have to regenerate myself all the time. So that takes energy. I have to eat in order to do that. I have to breathe oxygen and all that sort of stuff. At the same time, I can't eat poison. I can't... uh, There are all sorts of energetic gradients, we call them, that would destroy me. So I've got this kind of relationship with the world. I've got to take in the right energy, not the wrong energy. Now, with humans, humans are a radically different critter, and that's largely because of language. We have language which... um, uh, enables us to imagine all sorts of things, um, really imagine anything—not just talk about it, but think about it. Um, that makes us an incredibly anxious species. When you compare what your dog could worry about before bedtime to what you could, it's just no contest. You—you you can worry. A human can worry about way more than a dog can. Okay. And with language, we—what th- I was just talking about—this relationship. Mm-hmm. takes the form of confirmation bias, which is a tendency to take in ideas, to eat ideas that affirm us, and to keep right. out ideas that disaffirm us. So all right. we, we all got mojo to maintain. We're an anxious species. We all need our mojo. And uh, for that, we are very selective about what news we interact with. Now, normal, decent people... Um, they know that confirmation bias is a problem they have to manage. Assholes treat confirmation bias as the solution to all their problems. And and uh, we all engage in the same kind of behaviors as assholes. Um, uh, we all lie. Um, we all engage in hypocrisy that this is, I'm not, I'm not stating a cynical uh, opinion, I'm stating what all the evidence shows in psychological sure. research. But the difference is that, is in the concept of absolutism. So you remember that saying, absolute power corrupts, uh, corrupts I mean, absolutely. power corrupts, absolute power right. corrupts absolutely. That's a, not actually the original statement. The original was, uh, power tends to corrupt. Just like lying tends to corrupt, hypocrisy tends to corrupt. It doesn't always. Sometimes it's just what the doctor ordered. You really need, we have to lie to get through life. Um, right okay but when you go to the absolute it does corrupt absolutely and and the word absolute actually means dissolved away from that is you are that you are not influenced by anything else you are literally incorrigible nothing could correct you so being an asshole has nothing to do with your tone of voice you can be a really mellow mike pence asshole um it, it I mean, there are all sorts of. Um, I mean, there are definitely women assholes uh, who engage in what I call yin intimidation, which is the yin form of intimidation. Um, yeah. There's also it, it, any style, any belief. It's got nothing to, to do with what you claim to believe, um, because assholes don't actually believe. They have a prior. They have a higher goal, which is remaining incorrigible that is they don't want the freedom they want is freedom from ever having to learn or change and they'll learn any technique that enables them to do that so i i think i will never use the words trump believes or trump thinks i don't think that's the level at which it's operating i think it's operating at a much more visceral it's closer to animal braying than it is to human thinking and one of the ways they they dupe normal people is by getting normal people to think that they're actually saying something. They're not. They're just they're just braying. It's a It's well, a kind of
0: animal noise. Also, also Jeremy to, to to see I think there's a they succeed at convincing people that they believe yeah. something also. And I think that that's that like once that's happened and you and you don't realize that an asshole is incapable of thinking and believing. You're, you're, you're almost lost. You've almost given yourself up because you. That's right. You are now. You are now putting them in a whole different category. It's like having a dog, and putting them in a category of a of a, a you know lawnmower, and saying, well, if I shake the dog fast enough, it'll just it'll just mow the entire lawn, because an asshole can't do, the things that you, want them to do, right. They can't believe in something. Well, they can't yeah, say, yeah, but, "Oh, you know well, what? I had a, I had an epiphany, and uh, it was, it was wrong to, to harm this." Yes. Person.
1: So, so this, yeah, this gets. There's, there's lots of complicated issues around it. I think that they choose I, I, whether they can't, they won't, or they think they shouldn't be more receptive. Is it becomes a blur. So we often wonder whether they're stupid or stupid like a fox. Um, uh, I think it's to their advantage uh, to not change. It's very hard to change. Um, a minute ago you said humor doesn't work on them. I want to argue that nothing works on them. And yeah. yet um, that doesn't keep me from trying to figure out what works on them best. And I will argue that humor actually, humor at their expense um, is, is, can be effective when there's an audience. Obviously, you deal with this when you're dealing with hecklers in uh, in stand-up comedy. That is, um, doing something at their expense. Now, I have friends who say, I I still have hippie friends uh, who say, you've got to be nice, you got to be kind all the time. Um, I took a walk yesterday with one of them, uh, the founder of Move On, um, and she still tends that way, and I still give her a hard time about it. I say, no, that's uh, yeah, that works with people on the fence. It doesn't work with someone who is who has gotten addicted to what I call Trump botting. So Trump botting is robotically playing trumped up, fake, Trump cards. That's all it is. It's it, it's a small t Trump. I think Trump is a perfect Trump bot. I, ideal, quintessential, because it's very hard to figure out what he believes, um, uh, even though he declares it like it trumps all other considerations. But I mean it's something small t. You can be a Buddhist Trump bot. You can be an atheist Trump bot. You can be a humanist Trump bot. Um, it's, uh, it's, that, it's that combination of a wild card. I can do anything I want, and whatever I do, it's a Trump card. It wins. It beats all other possibilities. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I'd say that's exactly what any organism would want. We'd want total freedom and total safety. And that's what you get total freedom is the wild card total safety is the trump card nothing can beat you it's basically playing god
0: as though you had the divine power what stops us from doing so many things is that we have a uh, barometer that tells us that we can't get away with certain things and we've been taught that there are consequences and somewhere we believe that there's consequences and maybe we learn right from wrong but we still are stopped by propriety protocol uh, uh, guilt yeah
1: you know conscience.
0: fear conscience thank you but the asshole does, does not you know is well, that's and a- then we and then they they seem to win over that's people. the interesting point that's the interesting yes. point
1: so um so in order to prioritize you winning no matter what, you have to become detached from reality. And it turns out, this is one of the disappointing pieces of news, I would say it's probably the most disappointing news of my life, crime does pay. It, you know, yeah. when you be detached from conscience, um, being an asshole pays uh, if you can get away with it. So that's why a lot of my work's also on how to keep them from being able to get away with it. How to disappoint assholes is kind of fundamental to my work. Um but it, apparently you can get away with a whole lot of it. People who act like they can do no wrong end up doing a whole lot of wrong. And unless there are consequences for it, they won't stop. Even if there are consequences for it, they often won't stop. Think of what it would take to cold turkey off of the asshole uh, lifestyle. It would be yeah. it'd be excruciating. And for another thing, is you've done a bunch of stuff that you couldn't possibly justify without your BS justifications. That you give them up, you're suddenly on the line for a bunch of things. If, you're, if, you, get, if you can figure out a way to get rid of your conscience, uh, you, and can get away with it, um, why would you ever want it back? It only gets in the way.
0: <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons why it, you know, this, the, the proposition that Jeffrey Epstein didn't commit suicide makes perfect sense because he didn't seem by anyone's evaluation to be the kind of person that's going to feel remorse, suffer from hopelessness, that kind of thing. But the people on the other side of that equation have no, you know, would have no compunction about killing him because that would fit their profile. Sure, that's
1: right. That's right. Uh, Yes. Now, there is a version, one subtle uh, counter argument is that these guys conceivably could kill themselves before they lived in the shame of having been exposed, or sent to jail, or something like that. We don't see a lot of that. We see Hitler committing suicide, uh, would be one example of it. But um, but it, so I'm not saying that's an argument why he did uh, why he actually committed suicide. But I certainly agree with you. The remorse would not be part of that package. He, yeah. it, it's not likely to it, it because you read all the character studies of these guys and they have simplified life down to a game. It's simply maximum likes. Nothing else matters. What you say doesn't matter. What you care about doesn't matter to the point where caring only becomes an inconvenience. It's simply a game of amassing as much uh, power, profit, and pleasure as you can. And, um, and, it, and there's no end to it. So.
0: Now, there are, there are different levels of asshole right you have you have different kinds of assholes you have an asshole like trump or an asshole like putin uh, or an asshole you know you could you could name a number like of Sta- assholes uh, like
1: stalin that is a, it's nice to balance it out there are leftist assholes right. as well it's, right it's yes. a, it's a lifestyle yes. choice
0: yes exactly <laughs> but then you have um, the asshole enablers who are also assholes and i often wonder what's in it for them you know there yeah. you know they might be doing things to the detriment of mankind to the detriment of their political party or you know let's say they did have not even beliefs but they had like yeah this you is know, like when 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 they're enabling such destructive forces what's the what compels them they're a different Yeah so yeah kind of yeah I yeah, I,
1: see, I see that as very relevant to a couple of features of my work one version of it is um, that uh, the different that difference that you just described is simply a function of how high up you are on the pyramid scheme so there are there are people who you would call dupes they're just gullible they're education deprived they fell in they're surrounded by a community that has all become cultish one way or another and they just go along with the program uh you wouldn't talk about them necessarily profiting but you would talk about them as avoiding the costs of defying their local society. But the higher you get up on that scale, uh, that, that is, once they've joined the pyramid scheme and once it becomes profitable, um, it changes. Uh, that is, they become more like the asshole leaders uh, the more profit they take from it. But I want to suggest a different uh, different cut. So there are cult leaders and there are cult followers, and then there are solo assholes, um, and uh, that is the asshole who's got no, who claims no greater cause than cause I said so. Um, mm-hmm. And they're interesting because, uh, so the cultists, it's kind of easy to see. In response to your question, I'd say, well, you surrender your individuality. You surrender your ego. You became, become humbled and humiliated for an ego upgrade, This is something only humans can do. We can identify with some brand or larger entity. You know, we can even die for God or country. But that's because we're identifying ourselves with this grander thing. So if I'm a $2 person who takes a downgrade to $1 person to be part of a million dollar movement, that'll feel like an upgrade to me. Okay, so now what about the solo asshole? What about the guy who's got an asshole without a cause? That's just cuz I said so. <laughs> I have a new theory about that which I just worked out and just I'm gonna post it as a video uh tomorrow. Um uh these are people who are playing God, but they are also playing God's apostle. Um there's a splitting that goes on where you suddenly start identifying with your idealized image of yourself what you could become or what you claim to have become that you're somehow enlightened or whatever. You 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 latch onto that and then you become the most vicious bulldog protector of that self. So one of the interesting characteristics of assholes is that they will – shame you for not living up to principles but in the next breath they'll laugh at you about caring about principles they played prude punk they played prude and punk um uh, yeah so so that's an interesting split you get that perfectly in the trump movement which it, which alternates between what i call fundamentalist hypocrisy which is i know the rules not that i live by them and the other one which is that there are no rules um and you're uh, you're a loser if you think there are and they'll just oscillate fluidly between them well when they're laying down the law they're playing god no no sorry when they're when they're acting like there are no rules they're playing god that is they are free to do anything you say playing king and by the way for a king hypocrisy is a status symbol that is that they, they can be impulsive they're allowed to be yeah. they're allowed they be to the be king. so 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 when they're playing King impulsively and acting like there are no rules they have to follow, that's their idealized self. And when they bark at you for, for giving a hard time to their idealized self, that's them being their own best apostle, You know, their bulldog. They're, so it's, just a, it's a theory I'm playing with that helps explain how a solo asshole works. They are operating like the, the the soldier defending a false, idealized image of themselves. So
0: well, it's interesting because yeah. <laughs> if you recall, Trump acted as his own publicist under a uh, sure. you know under a, exactly. a nom, nom de plume, so to speak, yeah, that's and right. and and that that makes total sense because here he is operating. Playing the role that needs to be played because he's so connected to that need. That's right. That's of, right. Of defending, yeah. and he knows that third-party validation is helpful. You know, right? He doesn't. Right. Yeah, but, so it's a
1: different. It's a difference between second-guessing yourself and second-yesing yourself. So with 2nd yessing it'd be like I said, no, I must be right. I checked with myself three times, and every time I yeah. agreed with myself. So that doesn't that. Isn't that proof enough?
0: Well, it it falls under the, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, having an idea and then throwing it out there. Now, several years ago, I think a lot of us, you know, in the United States and wherever else, but we're we're starting to pay attention to Trump's certain kind of asshole that he is. And because it represented a threat and it was just perplexing, and it was crazy. It was crazy for people, certain people, to to look at it. Yeah, and we, watch had, we, it.
1: Expected about that, we didn't expect it. We didn't expect that. that yeah, yeah, for, yeah. You
0: know, in a, in any in any real powerful, influential way, uh, a lot of assholes were operating behind the scenes. they there, they are assholes that don't want to be that are not, um, you know, yeah. narcissists. I guess you would say, or not, you know, don't crave the the spotlight in the same way. They prefer the shadows because. Uh, that's where they can operate? Yeah, know, and,
1: and yeah, it's not that they're, they can well be narcissists, but they, uh, uh, as a function of looks or style or right. whatever, they're better as Svengali's behind the scenes. But right. there, I mean, it, there's a great new book, I read it twice and yet I can't remember his name, by someone who had been deep inside the uh, the Trump movement early on, but was gay and eventually broke with them, and it gives you a sense of what these people are like—a Lindsey Graham or some some yeah. sycophant like that. They want to be in the room where it happens. These are guys who who didn't who didn't get action in high school and are still still craving it. They never got over that neediness because they never quite got enough of it, or there couldn't be enough of it, whatever. So one way or another, they can be narcissists behind the scenes. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, I wonder, you know, as we have this conversation and, and I, yes, I have a, a views about politics. I would imagine that most people who care about the country yeah. they live in and what, you know, would care about their politics. And I, I respect other people's opinions. Um, I think that there is an attempt made often by, uh, by people who will say, "Well, all politicians are assholes. All politicians are corrupt. All po- it's the same on this side as it is on that side." Sure, you get
1: that that false
0: equivalence. It's a so so now that person isn't, in my view, an asshole necessarily. Uh, they're like they could be a victim. They could be radicalized. They could be uh, a dupe. They could be. But what do you what do you make of people who are? What leads, what draws people to assholes who were previously at the very least rational on some level? In other words, what accounts for their, for their march toward complete irrationality? Yeah,
1: so, uh, well, yeah, from, from rational to rationalizing would be one way to describe it. And, and, um, it's just way easier to play God if you can get away with it than being human. It's just easier. So from my perspective, there's a path, there's a detour to, to assholia off of any path you're on. It's a slippery slope. It's, uh, there are huge efficiency advantages. Um, and that we would be during a time like this when the world is getting way more complex and changing faster than we have ever thought – there would be plenty of people who just feel like they can't, they can't navigate the squirrely, winding roads of life and figure out what exits to take and all of that, and so they kind of close their eyes and um, start driving in a straight line. And as long as other cars get get out of their way, um, uh, their hands are basically off the wheel, and that would be a natural human response because, in addition to language, making it. Very easy for us to feel anxious. It makes it very easy for us to rationalize away anything we might be anxious about. So I work with astrobiologists. These are people who are trying to understand life as what we would be looking for as life elsewhere in the in the universe. And I will make the argument that anywhere you'd have intelligent life forms, intelligence defined by a capacity to use symbols or language not not animal sounds but language it's a it's an important difference that's often overlooked anywhere in the universe even if they weren't carbon based would be having these problems i'll argue that climate change has probably happened quite a great many times in the universe as has climate change denial that is i suspect that anywhere you got language you can do this kind of rationalizing now i mentioned a minute ago i want to catch one thing you said um uh, false equivalent. I want to declare that I am a liberal conservative. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a progressive uh, traditionalist. I'm a libertarian um, uh, socialist. What do I mean by that? Those brandings are bullshit. Um, nobody wants to change everything and no one wants to keep everything the same. They're rationalizations that we use after the fact. I would say this about all of these morally loaded terms. I am kind and unkind. I'm, I don't believe that kindness is the answer. I think that kindness is the question, where to be kind, where not to be kind. I think that's true of all of those words, but we tend to try, try to turn it into, if I need to use a move like kindness or unkindness, Um, like love, let's say, if I want to use a move, then I'll maybe motivate myself and overgeneralize it as though love is the answer. It is not the answer. It is the question, what to love, what not to love. So what to keep the the same, what to to loosen, what to tighten, we stunt our growth on those questions through this kind of virtue grandstanding as if a word, a moral word, is a recipe for good. It's a question about what to do in what situations. So even though I grew up a a counterculture leftist hippie, um, I worked for a while for uh, Eli Lilly, and one of the vice presidents said to me there, he said, Jeremy, I know you cut off your ponytail, but I still see it, he said. (laughs) So I'm I'm definitely of that culture, but I'm even maybe more deeply rooted in Hachma. Which, uh, which I always took to be paradoxical wis- wisdom.
0: Wis- wisdom
1: yeah. It's paradoxical wisdom. That is, that's how we ended up Talmudic, is that when we saw a contradiction, like love is, is good and love is bad, or uh, 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 kindness is good, kindness is enabling, whatever, any version of that, we would dig into it. That was, that was kind of our gift, and it shows up, I will, I'll argue that's why I'm I, an ironist, that is, and, and I mean that in the philosophical as well as the humorous sense. Life is dire. You guess wrong what to love or what to not love, you could die. It's also exactly the same thing as slapstick. You make a good bet and it comes out wrong. You thought you had traction on the ground, but there's a banana peel there. And you slip and fall on your ass instead of propelling yourself forward. Life is dire. Life is slapstick. And the ironist recognizes that the hypocrite exploits it, but doesn't recognize it. They only have to be one thing. They only have to be consistent about one thing, which is the claim that they're consistent. They can a hypocrite can slop any way they want. They just have to pretend they're consistent. Um, An ironist is always winking, which is you know, which is. uh, one of the earliest ideas I had in my work is: no matter how hard I chase the truth, it will never catch me. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm an ironist.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, There's so much. There's so much sorry. To, um, <laughs> it can be a no, lot. No, no, no. That's good. It's good. I hate no, to think it's about great. This stuff all day. It's great, Jeremy. Um, well, because I am, I am fascinated by. People who are compassionate, thinking, educated, reasonable people in most areas of their life. No. And and I think they must have, and I've come to this conclusion as well, as, as your statement, that they must have part of that desire for conformity. You know, um, look, Orthodox, Judaism. I was raised Orthodox.
1: Me too, by the way.
0: Um, Yeah. Where were you raised? I was in Chicago,
1: and uh, to be honest, I was raised in an Orthodox school, but my parents were more Reformed than that, which is very different from your situation. But uh, a a serious man—that was my culture. It was mid '60s Midwest. Right. I get it. uh, uh, Jewish day school.
0: Fabulous. I get it. (laughs) I get it. Yeah, it is. It is, and it's it's interesting because now living in the Midwest, I see that. I see how that evolves. Growing up in Miami Beach, uh, you know, going to college in New York, I was much more privy to the, the orthodox, orthodox kind right. of. Right.
1: Yeah, and, and where you are, and, things are more negotiable.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and what I realized was that as I would see the emergence of Trump and there was a little resistance and then some of them get on board and then they kind of yeah. get on board and it's either israel or it's something else but they but they they find their connection in yeah. there yeah and once they've made that connection with few exceptions it seems they cannot uh completely disconnect from it they can say that something was wrong or cruel or mean yeah. or hurtful but they will rationalize why it's excusable sure I, I I thought my joke and then you know we share this this idea that humor is our kind of our saving grace if yeah. anything or our survival you know tool Both, yes I uh, my reaction after some of the things that would go on would be well it's it's at least it's nice to see the you know the the Jews and the Nazis working together because <laughs> here they are marching for Trump of course the Jews don't go to the don't go to the, um, you know, the Nazi, uh, the Nazi rallies. They skip that part of the, of, of the. The, the lifestyle. Nazis don't invite the Jews to the. But never yeah, they, that's right. They never
1: hide. They never call. Yeah,
0: that's right. Look, I don't need to be in the parade. Let them go to the parade. Exactly. But do me a favor. This, this Jews won't replace us. I, I'm going to replace you. What do I want? What I want to <laughs> replace you? You're <laughs> wearing half a shirt. You, your belly's coming out from there, all this, right. come on. Why do I want to replace the, well, I'm going to replace a, a, a skinhead. First let, him, first, let him grow a head of hair, you know. Yeah. But, it, but it's like, but but the, this idea that you would, that, that there's this uncomfortable thing of, okay, I'm supporting a political movement that oh, yeah. embraces, you know, not just racism, Anti-Semitism, Nazism. Now you have the whole Kanye West thing, which, which is, I, I I'm really reluctant to give much air to his mania because he is, he, you know, he's he's a, he's trying his best to be an asshole. He's he's truly a mental patient who, um, I don't know what's like. He literally is so so I. I I'm interested in your take on that because, yeah, so, so because I don't re- want to dismiss it as just uh, here's yeah. a terrible person. I, I'm curious as to what makes somebody self-destruct. Better.
1: Right. So so this relates to my um, my approach to asshole prevention. Um, if what I described before is that we are um, we are through language we are a more anxious and more escapist creature than others. That is, we can rationalize it ignoring things. Like I said, that would be true of any organism that has language, just given the way that language enables us to live in another world, to be legends in our own mind. My approach is we need to cultivate optimal illusion. We need to be better at strategic gullibility, being fooling ourselves in the right ways and not the wrong ways. Um, Safe escapism is the heart of my approach to to asshole prevention. So for me, there is a difference between religion and masturbation and watching movies and playing uh, Grand Theft Auto, but it's not the difference that people assume. Um, Yeah, or going, I've been to a Trump, uh, uh, a Trump rally and um, it's exactly like going to a death metal concert except for one difference. So you get all cosplayed up and you go and you chant a bunch of lyrics that you haven't actually thought about. They just make you feel badass. Um, that's what you do at a death metal concert. That's what you do at a Trump rally. The difference is that, uh, uh, or to take another example just to put it out there, when I jerk off, I am fantasizing that I have more appeal than I do, let's say. Um, uh, I am imagining an idealized version of things. And then when I'm done, I zip up and I get back to reality. It's not about how far out you go. It's about whether you remember to come back. So after the death metal concert, the difference between a Trump rally and a death metal concert is what happens in the parking lot. In the parking lot after a death metal concert, people start to take off their obvious cosplay and they get back to their reality. After a Trump rally or after certain church services, people think that because they've revved out on it, they have experienced something more real than reality. That's the only danger. Safe escape is has me at night identifying with heroes as though I would obviously take the harder course. When, no, I wouldn't. I'm like any other human being. There's no reason to assume that I would be the hero. But after the TV goes off, I return to my life's work. So I take my flights of fancy, but always with a return ticket to heart, to reality in my heart pocket. I'm not claiming that about myself. I'm saying that's the, that's the goal of safe escapism, is that you yeah. go as, you need that mojo pit stop you need after a hard day you need some moments or after a hard week you need some moments where you feel like you're on god's side you're god's ally that you're you're the you know the path you're on the path you're assured heaven but that's not reality and you need to be able to distinguish between them so for me there's a difference i say i believe in science well, I think that a religious person might be healthiest if they said, "I believe in science. I relieve in religion. I got my relief yeah. that way. I drain the lizard that way, the the lizard yeah. brain that w- wants to live in a world other than the one we're in."
0: <laughs> yeah, it needs, well, we need it. We need it. We have we, we to definitely without it. need it. We definitely need it. I think yeah. what what what's happened is we've crossed a line between the round trip ticket and the one way ticket. Yeah. Where it started out, you know, reality television—it's a form yeah. of entertainment. Is it really kind of base and, yeah. and numbing? Yeah. Do we need a little mind-numbing entertainment? Yeah. And it, then you know, you see a film like *Idiocracy*, where yeah. uh, you know, it's it's it personifies what what we fear, and now we've exceeded it beyond our wildest, right. th- you know, nightmares. Yeah. yeah. And and it, it becomes real, and I... I. Uh, and it becomes, it becomes, we, becomes... We act as though it's real.
1: I don't think it Well,
0: actually, it becomes real in the sense that January 6th happens. It's not... Oh, uh, no, the reality, yeah, reality yeah. kicks in. We get... Reality... Yeah, reality, reality bitch laughs out. Get, we're getting cosmic wedgies from it.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's some right. Some of them are awake to so, yeah. it.
0: Some of them so, came out of that feeling deceived and, and screwed over. They may not have completely come back to their senses, but... You know, they a, yeah, a few get it sober, feeling, but but most will. Do-
1: like, yeah. So yeah, that's my my worst prognosis for humankind is uh, a, a dissociation death spiral. That is, people check out of reality, neglecting it. It gets worse, and uh, as a result, that's a more motivation for them to check out of reality. And um, yes, that's that's likely for us. And I would say an antidote to that up is stand up comedian. Um, so let me just put in a plug for you here. Um, I think <laughs> yeah. there's no better church service out there these days than stand-up comedy because what you're doing, not all of it, you've got Gutfeld's kind of comedy, which is not yeah. actually, it's not ironic at all. It's just snark. Um, it's what I call we glee, the glee of being us wise ones as compared to the fools out there. Well, really good, the kind of stand-up comedy I appreciate is laughing at and with each other. Yeah. And I can think of no better communion than that, than, mm-hmm. than that business of sitting there and laughing at the, at the human predicament, that there's no escaping ironic situations, that you can minimize them, but you can't escape them completely, where the right thing comes out wrong or the wrong thing comes out right, and we're trying to guess and life is iffy. So uh, uh, in philosophy, it's called fallibilism the recognition right. that no matter how confident I am in a bet, I have to remain still more confident that it is a bet, um, that everything's yeah. betting. That, that's all, that's, I think yeah. that's the biggest cosmic wedgie from Darwin, not that there's no God, not that we descended from apes, but that it's all guessing, that mm-hmm. you can make a good move that turns out bad or a bad move that turns out good, um, and you can try to minimize that as much as you can, but you can't eliminate it. And that makes life the sitcom it is, the tragic sitcom. uh, So I I love it for that reason. That's why I love humor. I mean, no, I love humor because it tickles me and soothes me. But my deeper intellectual appreciation of it comes from that fundamental. I'm an ironic fallibilist. That's my technical name for this school (laughs) of thought. That's what you call these people. And, yeah. and Socrates was the first famous iron, ironist, because though there are people who study him uh, all day and all night, he had no school of thought. He did not have a doctrine. That mm-hmm. was that's an interesting thing about those guys. The, uh, it, you, he didn't have a doctrine. You can't become a Socratic in in the sense of following his code. He doesn't have a moral code. He's trying to figure yeah. it out.
0: Yeah, there are. There's no absolute. In no absolute. Uh, right. It, in that. But the craving
1: so, for it is perfectly understandable. I can see yeah. why we'd want them.
0: <laughs> and in terms of stand-up, that's why now there's there's within stand-up a uh, a move toward po- whatever you want to call it, political correctness, um, you know, uh, uh, cancel culture, where um, yeah. comedians are. There's an attempt to both within and without. The, that industry to censor uh, comedy because it is, in many ways, as a friend of mine used to call, the last bastion of free speech. That yeah. stand-up comedy is one of the few places you, you're likely to get truth, yeah. and the fact that it's couched in irony is what makes it digestible. Yes, and hence the the success of John Stewart. Although now he's he's Pretty much removed that because society has so lost its, you know, yeah, its, he, its he's, compass. Yeah, he's,
1: he's trying to find his way. And obviously there are plenty of successors to him. Um, but uh, but the political, so, so comedy has always surfed the edge. That's its goal. And to your point, um, there are no court jesters for fascists. If you're looking for a canary in the coal mine, look at the Corchesters. They they don't survive that transition. Um, yeah. They have an interesting history, uh, the way they surf the edge and are tolerated. It's fascinating how they're tolerated. And I have found that in my life, I can get away with saying a whole lot more of what I honestly believe as long as I do it with a self-effacing, ironic humor. It's a, it's a great lubricant. Um, yeah. I, that is, I have to convey... That I know, I'm guessing. Um, my my Facebook uh, handle is Jeremy Unsure Sherman. Um, I, I saw have that to, IMO yeah. has to be all over my work. This is guesswork. Um, uh, it's careful guesswork. There's a difference. It's not like saying all guesses are equal. They aren't. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's also yeah. So so that's where it lives. And I've I've been long fascinated by why, as a culture moves towards fascism. The resistance to fascism often gets more prudish, Um, and uh, and part of this is just a feature of counter cults. So you got cults, and then you get counter cults. A standard example would be that the Soviet communism uh, inspired the libert; it was a cult that inspired the libertarian cult. They're both full of shit, Um, but uh, but they uh, but they do inspire each other. That is, there's a tendency to circle your wagons in response to other people circling your wagons. Part of it is also, hey, let's all be nice because if we can figure out how to be nice, if we can behave honorably, if we can, uh, when they go low, we go high kind of nonsense. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, They don't go low, they go low and high and we don't deal with it effectively if we just act righteous because they simply can call all of that PC. and disparage it while being more woke. The Trump movement is by far the wokest, most PC movement in the country these days. I live in Berkeley. Uh, You live in, uh, so we know what liberals are like. And yeah, I do know a few people. There's a house down the street that's still got a sign out in front that says, um, uh, it's talking about Obama's war crimes. We do get a couple of those people who have no sense of perspective at all. Um, But they're really rare. And so, yeah, so the, it's very important to me to recognize, and Bill Maher is just falling flat on his face on this in his effort to widen his audience, I suspect. Um, no, if you want to talk about PC and woke, they are not a leftist thing. You can brand them to that. They are a move that has been around for centuries, for millennia. Where people suddenly think they've seen the light and they've got the answers now, and you don't get a stronger version of that in the country right now than the MAGA movement. It's the wokest thing around.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so how do you how do you describe, you know, the Marjorie Taylor Greene thing and the Ron DeSantis and the the basically the now I know this has been a long time coming. None of this stuff happened overnight. You know, it's but this, um, it's almost like if you get a, a, uh, an erector set in the mail yeah. and you don't even know anything, you don't know anything about anything, right. and you're five years old and you open the box and there's no instructions or anything, and you just start putting it together by instinct. It's like that seems to be what happened with the Republican Party. It's almost like organically they knew exactly how to get in line with all of this. Yeah. It immediately came together like a like an erector set. It yeah, was yeah. it was effortless. All they it had to is, yeah. do was not have a conscience, not have any claim any to platform. have the most conscience
1: but not have any conscience. That's yeah, right.
0: claim claim everything, claim it's to feel a, it's and a have everything move. and have none. Yeah,
1: so it's a branding yeah. move and has always been a branding move. So we think when we've seen the light we're, we're falling in love with ideas. We're not. We're falling in love with the freedom from doubt. That's what people, you know, they they think they join for the cause, but they're staying for the 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 um, the swagger. Um, that's that's the satisfaction of it. Um, there is you can I said there was a detour to assholia off any path in life. That's true. It's especially true of supernatural paths because you can believe anything you want about it, and it trumps everything. It's super. So mm-hmm. that so proud, uh, proud infallible faith is going to be a, you could say, a, a gateway drug, um, uh, especially if you, if you start to think it's real. And, but you'll start to think it's real as long as you can get away with it, and people have gotten away with it, in part because my culture uh, made a big thing out of universal tolerance. Um, they wouldn't face into the, the problem. Uh, I mentioned earlier, tolerance sounds good, but always be tolerant means also be intolerant of intolerance. We weren't dealing with it because we were living in this cushy, safe era back in the 60s when we thought that everything was going to simply tip towards the Aquarian age and everybody would see the light and become nice. And we have kept that going for so long that they do get away with it. And it has become a boomtown with anxiety up across humankind and all of this permission to uh, to dissociate from reality, it becomes a very clear path that's thrilling to someone who It's like the nouveau riche. They never thought they'd be the pundits being called on on TV, and now they're being called on TV all the time. That proves that they're right, as though popularity proves accuracy. Um, mm-hmm. There's a piece of graffiti, eat shit, three trillion flies, can't be wrong. Um, no, popularity doesn't prove that you're right. Uh, lots of things are universally believed, and no, they're not right. Um, but, uh, but if you treat popularity as the only name of the game, and you continue to use it as a source of success when it's serving you, when it's not serving you, so these are, these are self-winding movements. No matter how you shake them, they get wound up. If you disagree with them, it proves that they're martyr heroes. They're victims, uh, just like Jesus. Uh, if you agree with them it proves they were right all along no matter what if they're right that is you know yeah. right or wrong i'm right so it must be it must be must give them hair boners they must be so thrilled to have discovered this stuff uh the hair boners uh, pilo erection that's the term for goosebumps <laughs>
0: pilo erection i've been writing things hair boners things down. Yeah, yeah it actually yeah. It, it, it's it
1: is related because what it is um, erection is an uh, goosebumps are an evolved trait in. Uh, it, it evolved because we used to have hair and hackles uh, that we would puff up to make ourselves look bigger and more dominating when we were yeah. under threat. So it's exactly what we're talking about. They're getting hair boners. <laughs>
0: so now, so now, let's circle back around to this idea of how to stop them. Yeah, how to stop assholes now, because. You brought that up. Yeah. Um, and i was also going to ask you about about putin your 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 thoughts on 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 his you know he certainly has a a, a different personality than than trump you know or than the you know he they, have the, different they style, share
1: different flavor i'm not
0: sure that they have that a pers- different flavor yeah they have a but different but the same flavor. m.o.
1: yeah yeah i mean you know, trump is not hitler but not because he wouldn't want to be, I, I'm not saying that he's anti-Semitic. He probably is, but that's only in the surface. If he could get more likes by being uh, uh, Jew yeah. defending, he'd do that. That's not, it's, it's irrelevant. What, that would be, just, that would be a belief. Yeah, that would be a belief. belief. No, he doesn't have that belief. he doesn't have that belief. Um, uh, he's not Hitler, but only cause it's, uh, it's America. You gotta go a little slower here. It's a different situation. <laughs> different situation. That's right. Give him time. You just, you, you yeah. have some patience. Show a little patience. Yeah. Um, uh, but how you stop them? I am. Uh, it makes my skin crawl to see how we do. Um, we act as though they are saying things, not just brain. and we enable them. You know, it's a fundamental rule in dealing with psychopaths. You do not ask them, "Do they mean it?" You do not. Mm-hmm. You do not engage with their content. They're operating on a different level. So I have two arguments about that, one of which I've already touched on, how you stop an asshole. And by the way, I'm not saying this is a surefire method. Like I said earlier, they're designed to make it so nothing works. That's so, yeah. so if someone says, well, don't do that, you know, that won't work, do this. No, that won't work either. That's the point. That's what they're designed to yeah. do. They, it's, it's they,
0: existential, you know, uh, this is a th- the, you're stopping them is an existential threat. So they're gonna bring everything they possibly can.
1: Yeah, so, so um, the first one is don't debate them. They're just baiting to you taking the bait. Right, uh, that's, that's what right. I mean by that turn of phrase. And um, what you do instead is you call them on the move, relentlessly, right. and to do right. that in front of an audience helps. The other thing that I argue is, uh, and this is basically preventative, pre- to prevent you from enabling them, they will act like they are moral authorities. They love to play supreme judge over a debate in which they are merely one of the advocates. Um, So they're always sidling up into the judge's seat. And they are spinning at you anything that they can make sound shameful. And if you take that bait, um, you are lost. You will lose. So when someone calls, when a Trump supporter or someone else, uh, a leftist, let's say, a far leftist, calls me a name-caller, I say, of course I name-call. Everybody does. You just called me a name-caller, that's name-calling. The (laughs) difference between us is that you pretend you live by this bogus standard, whereas I'm trying to figure out how to name-call surgically. I want to name-call where it helps, not where it hurts. If they say, you're unkind, I say, yes, of course I'm unkind as are you, or if they try to shame me for shaming, or any of these other hypocritical moves where they're playing fundamentalists that they're not living by. You couldn't live by those rules, just like you couldn't yeah. live by the rule to always be conservative. You can't conserve everything. Things change. So, um, so you don't take your moral advice from people who have earned the right to do that because these guys are going to play pope when they've lost every possible leg to stand on. So this is what makes my skin crawl to be watching us still debating these people. They lost their credibility years ago. And yet the news, the news. So not once since Trump came down the escalator has anybody called him out to his face over this fundamental move. The late night comedians are masters of calling out this move behind his back. No one gets audience with Trump, uh, Trump now. And it's even worse with Putin. Uh, when they go low, you go high was disastrous for us, and we're still yeah. living with that. Because when they when they go low and high, you go meta, meta meaning you go above right. the whole thing and yep. say yeah. you don't mean anything you're saying. This guy doesn't. Better to talk about him in the third person. This guy doesn't mean a word he's saying. He's just playing this game. Watch how it plays. Observe what he's yeah. doing. He's only got this move. It's the one thing he's got. He's a one-trick phone. He's got nothing. He's got nothing but this one move. And you're a fool if you believe he's got anything more than that going on because the pattern is so straightforward. I've talked to AI experts out here about designing a a, a, a Trump bot. That is, it would take very little coding to mm. create a computer that generates responses like his. They're entirely predictable.
0: Yeah, that's and, great. I love and, that. And when you, when you call them
1: on it, they will respond in a way. It's uh, what we used to call a tar baby. That is, no matter how you respond to it, you get stuck to it better. You get more stuck to it. Um, that The original name from African folklore where this was a big deal was gum baby. So I call it gum babying. Um, uh, so you try to attack if i said you're being defensive there's no response you could give that wouldn't either new, uh, stay neutral on it or affirm it it's mm-hmm. it's in that and i consider this immoral with decent people but absolutely essential with these guys so you say see what yeah. you did here and there's no way he can respond that won't prove you right mm-hmm so that's mm-hmm. uh, and th- yeah, this is the, these are early days, just like it's early days for dealing with um, the climate crisis. We're just coming up with the technology. I think these are early days for psychoproctology. That's the best I've come up with so far. I dedicate my book to future psychoproctologists who will do a better job than I do uh, at it. These are, these are early days in trying to figure out how to answer this fundamental question. How do you humbly humble someone who will say or do anything to avoid humility? So it's yeah. the existential question for life. So you got to do it humbly. That is, I don't get to grandstand and beat him. That won't work. You can't do that with these guys unless you're willing to become an equal and a, a opposite asshole. Um, and even then, it'll just end up in bickering. Um, but uh, so, how do you humble them?
0: Yeah, it, it's 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 wild. I mean, I really wish my my dad were were still alive because he was a, he was a psychoproctologist. That's, he had a, he had a facility with language that, you know, he was never mean spirited, which is ability to do just that, humiliate those who, who needed it, who, who demanded it. Um, So he was able
1: to do that. That's very interesting. So he was able to do that. And at the same time, um, Show a kind of uh, allow someone their dignity while taking them out at the knees somehow
0: yeah the 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 idea being that that if people could recognize the least painful way that they can recognize what they're doing and correct it, the better there's no taste for. Uh, humiliation as an end unto yeah, itself.
1: Right. That's right.
0: Plus, plus, this person is here for a reason. You know, if you're, if they're in your life and you're in theirs, what's better to adjust the the dynamic or to have a, a very strained and you know? So it, it's and and you know, it's it, it really was a marvelous thing to see. But I, I, I don't
1: know. I call this Gen 3.0 because maybe 4.0. Uh, is someone who studies, as your dad did, that challenge and figures out how to maximize honesty while maintaining intimacy. Mm That you want to be in with that person. You don't want to be bounced out. Um, This is especially hard with assholes because they will bounce you out the second that you give them any honest opinion that challenges them. (laughs) But anyway, with normal people, the goal would be to maximize honesty subject to intimacy you you're trying to make it so the rapport gets stronger and stronger um how you maintain credibility while being honest not just by pandering not just by affirming and i would say the same dance is the challenge of partnership uh yeah. which is too complicated for me i don't i'm i retired from partnership um uh about 8 years ago i i'm great for friendship but i'm not i had a great run and um I'm glad that my lack of appetite finally caught up with my lack of aptitude. I have, yeah. just, I, I just ended up in this life where honesty matters to me more. And I'm so at some point I'm not, I'm no fun. Yeah. My friends well, like I me. Don't know.
0: This my has been like a me. lot of fun. This has been a lot of fun, Jeremy. I, 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 I really enjoy this, uh, this kind of conversation. I don't know, you know, where we go. You know, we barely got away with, uh, you know, with getting Trump out of office. Just as one example, that's just no, one that's example, right. and no, it's, I, you know, I don't mean to, I don't, I don't mean to single him out as, uh, you know, as uh, the only or the, the biggest same way, asshole. I'd feel the, the, the same
1: world. way about a leftist who made his moves. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I tend to prefer progressive uh, policies by a lot, and like I say, I worked for years on. But a, but a friend and I talked about whether a uh, whether we would um, we would support a leftist uh, a leftist who was doing Trump's move. I don't think I could stomach it. I wouldn't no, even be able to not. pull off the thing that, that the that the MAGA people do, where they say, um, "Well, he's a complete impulsive fool who makes lousy decisions," but I have to support him because I like his decisions. Uh, you get that all the time yeah. from Trump supporters. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a, a way of claiming virtue while still supporting something. Absolutely appalling, but where we well, go with it is a big question. Where, yeah, where we where, where we end up with it, and I and I have so I'm good friends with another fellow Jew who is 92, <laughs> Dan Ellsberg. He's a local guy, the guy uh-huh. who the Pentagon Papers. Yes, and yes. We talk about it. Um, he says he had no effect on policy, even though he's considered one of the heroes of the movement for his effect on policy. Right. Um, But we both agree that it has no effect on our motivation. There's a reason I could read an awful lot of just terrible news is that my motivation is decoupled from our current situation. Obama said it well. He said it's not the end of the world till the end of the world. Um, Yeah. (laughs) yeah, And so in the meantime, it's not like I have to read only good news in order to keep myself motivated. Sure. uh, uh, Yeah. It seems the obvious thing to work on if you've got any attention for it. And so... I recommend everybody become a psycho psychopractologist. I assume everybody is a beginner at it. That's why I call my book Advanced Psychoproctology yes. for Beginners. As we're all we're all in the game of diagnosing assholes, but I don't think we've gotten very sophisticated about it. What is a butthead since it can't be just whomever you happen to buttheads with? That's the question. Right.
0: Well, it's certainly worth poking around. And uh, you know, I think that there's there's plenty of there's plenty of uh, of of the Soros, as we would say, floating around the world, and a plenty of the threats to um, to uh, sanity, to existence. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all it's all up for grabs. Uh, I said to a guest yesterday, if we if we acknowledge how tiny we are in the scheme of things, you know, it should take some of the pressure off. You know, we yeah. don't have to agonize over any of this in the. Yeah, we scheme didn't. Of we things. didn't make this place. Yeah, I wanted to make this place, and I didn't. I didn't. Uh, you know, I I do feel grateful that I didn't fall for some of the stuff that some other yes. people fell for. Yes. Um, but I'm not yeah. judging them for. I, I don't judge somebody for falling, or get tripping over a rock. You know, it's it's like it's just it's it happened. Now, you know, they'll get it. You know they'll get it right in the next uh, in the next go round. Who knows what they'll come back as or what will happen? What will happen in the in the world's uh, evolution and rebirth and whatever, whatnot? You know we'll, we'll keep coming back until we just just like in uh, Albert Brooks defending your life, the movie uh, defending your life until yeah. we overcome our fears. And that's all it is. It's just fears. It's not stupidity, anger. You know whatever. I think fear is the big one. I always talk about it. You know, Um, I was that when I saw your name, I was thinking of uh, the satirist and uh, comedian writer, Alan Sherman. Alan Sherman was not related. but Yeah, but a big favorite of mine, um, because he was able to kind of make fun of the things that he loved. And um, that's, you know, and that's what irony is. Yes. Those
1: Jewish, the the Borscht Belt comedians mostly got it. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, yes, and yet, do you have friends from your uh, yeshiva days um, uh, who ended up being trumpists? Yeah, yeah, Pretty I do. Much all of my um, all of my my best friend from from elementary school did. Um, yeah, no, a virulent rabbi, uh, complicated. Yeah, and and how to not blame them and still make them pay the price
0: is your dad's question. Well, they're going to pay the price, too. not. We're not exacting the price, so no, 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 no. You know. We no, that's. But you mean not? Let I them wish off that the were hook, true. Or you mean- that is,
1: I know that uh, th- I am very confident that a Trump administration will fail miserably, whether they oh, take sure. everybody else down with them. That is, you can't be big and unrealistic for long. That doesn't work, right? But right. the question for me is whether uh, whether they'll take everybody else down with them, and that's a perfectly valid question these days. Putin, the same way.
0: That is it. Yeah, and if they if they do, we don't get any real benefit from that, do we? Because we all go down. So that's my point. You know, yeah. We, that, but, but, yeah. It, so yeah, no. It's, uh,
1: live and let live is is a breeze as long as you don't have to live with the people. But we have to live with these people and their decisions, and that means that it's. Uh, it's pretty costly.
0: Yeah. I think I still I still harbor some of my uh my father's um perhaps impractical though sometimes accurate feelings that uh that people can learn that if peop that if people are deep down decent, you know, they can learn the lesson without completely self destructing or destructing destroying others. Yeah, it's, and it's, I'm not talking about Trump. I mean you know those people are, are not are not the the ones who matter. The people who matter are the ones who are worth saving. You know.
1: Um, yeah, that, it, that gets that gets complicated. But
0: uh, your your operative term there is if,
1: and there are there yeah. are plenty of people who uh, who die before they've hit rock bottom. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, but I, but. One quote from a psychologist I like a lot is, uh, the instinct to survive is strong. The instinct to alleviate fear is stronger. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that relates to what you're talking about.
0: Well, I'll let, I'll let it go on that. And right. um, J- Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks and for having uh, me. I I really appreciate it. It was a wonderful conversation. I'm very glad. Thanks so much for tuning into Truth Tastes Funny. If you enjoyed the experience, please leave a five star review and share this podcast with your friends.